Merry Christmas, everyone. So glad that you've chosen to join us today. My name is Trent, and I'm going to be guiding us in week number two of our Gifts from God series. But before we do that, I just wanted us as a church family to pause for a moment and uh, provide some support to those in Connecticut. I'm not exactly sure if you're all aware, but I'm pretty sure probably most people are aware what happened this past Friday up in Connecticut. A very disturbed young man went into a school and took the lives of 26 people. 20 of them were students, elementary school students. And we found that out Friday, and you know, I've been thinking about it, praying about it, praying for them, praying for all, all involved since then. And uh, I knew that we needed to say something. We needed to address this and talk about it as a church family, and I know that churches all over the United States are talking about that today. But as I was processing and, and praying and, and thinking, God, what do you want to say to us in the midst of this? Like, I'm not really sure. Sometimes we Christians come up with these nice little Christian cliches when someone's going through something difficult, and that little cliche may be true, but when it's not properly placed, it's kind of more painful. So, like, what do you say to families who've lost one of their children? What do you say to police officers who have to walk in and see this stuff? What do you say to school officials who have to decide how to handle this and navigate forward? I'm not really sure. Sometimes the greatest thing that we can do for people is to pray for them, is just pray. So that's what we're going to do this morning as a church. The greatest gift that we can give them in Connecticut is our prayer for them, to lift them up to our Heavenly Father. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Imagine there are a lot of crushed people in Connecticut. A lot of broken hearts. A lot of people trying to figure out which end is up and what even to do this Christmas season. So we need to pray for them and be reminded that Life is precious. Life is very precious. So I've asked Rich Carr, one of our elders, if he would lead us as a church family in prayer today. And what I'd like you to do as he prays is I would like you to stand, and then I would like you to hold hands with the person next to you. Um, like, if you're sitting by yourself, go find somebody and hold their hand. I know that may be a little weird, but in moments like these, I think it's great for us to gather together as a church family and, um, and just pray. So, Rich, would you pray for us? Okay, let's pray. Father, uh, we love you today, and uh, we, <clears throat> this is very hard to handle. When we have a tragedy like this, uh, our nation is in deep mourning. Our hearts are broken. Um, uh, you know each thing that's happening and has happened and is going to happen. 
And so, Father, I pray this, this morning that you would be with those that uh, live in this little town up there. They had their children uh, attend the school. Father, we, uh, we pray that you would especially be with them this morning. Uh, two mornings without their, their little ones. I pray that you would just uh, guide them, direct them, give them wisdom, what they need to do. And uh, Lord, I pray that your peace would be with that little town and the people in it. Uh, not as a world giveth, giveth that kind of peace, but Lord, we want peace from you. And uh, so, Father, we pray. We pray for all those involved, the school teachers, Father, the ones uh, that are left there and all kinds of questions, Lord, I pray that you would ease their hearts and uh, be with those that have lost their mother or their father or I don't know how uh, all, all of it's going to take place, but you do. And so I pray that you would be with the teachers as they they deal with it and uh, Lord for those all uh, police officers that was involved in that it'll probably be the most tragic thing that they have, they have ever done so far and probably be the worst thing that's happened to them in their life is to go through something like this Lord I pray that you would just be with them and we thank you for our police officers that protect us Father, uh, day after day, their lives are on the line, and uh, we don't realize sometimes all that they got to go through to protect us. We thank you for them. I pray that you would uh, just be with them as they, they try to cope with it. That the, Lord, I pray that there will be an outpouring of your spirit. For those that are believers in that area, I pray that they would be used of you. This little little one last night, Emily, she looks like a little angel. Lord, and her father, the way he talked about her, and uh, what a blessing he is to the rest of the people, I'm sure. But Father, I pray that you would just continue to work, continue to bless this little town, and Encourage them. Father, encourage them this morning. Uh, help us as we go our, our days ahead that you would help us to remember these people in prayer as they need the encouragement. We love you today, Father, and we thank you for, uh, for all you do, the comfort you give. And pray that we would... Uh, I pray that we would realize where we are, like Trent said, the precious, the preciousness of life. I pray that our country would find out what that is, the preciousness, the precious of a little life. So bless us on this, this service and encourage us. Bless Trent as he speaks. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks, Rich. 
just continue to pray for the families, the police officers, the school officials throughout this holiday season. And when you see your loved ones, give them a big hug and a kiss. Let them know how precious they are to you. Now, last week, we started our Gifts from God series. And in this series, what we're doing is exploring just a few of the many gifts that God gives us. And in preparation for this series, I just started thinking about all the different gifts that God gives to us that not only benefit us at Christmas time, but they benefit us all year long, can benefit us all of our lives if we allow them to. God has gifted us with many, many things. Last week, we looked at the gift of peace. It was Jesus that said in John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. It's an amazing gift. And we actually learned last week that it's possible for us to experience God's peace, his peace, not just our momentary peace, but his perfect peace he makes available to us. And his peace That gift works beautifully in times of stress, which is really good for us because anybody face a stressful situation ever in your life? Like like all of us. And Christmas season, here it comes. If you don't have something, it's coming. Um, If not, tomorrow you'll probably create something that's stressful. It's kind of what we do. We like, like drama, and so we create stress, and God goes, hey, I got the perfect gift for you. It's this thing called peace. And you can really experience it. You have to receive it. You have to open it. You have to use it. It's meant to be used. It's not meant to sit in the back of a closet. It's meant to be used in your life. Now, if you missed last week's message on peace and would like to listen to that, you can go to our website at theepicchurch.com. You can listen to it there. You can go to our iTunes account, and you can listen to it there as well. Now, today we're going to look at another gift that, again, I don't think we put in the gift category you know, we don't instinctively look at, at this gift and go, oh yeah, that, that's a gift. It, it's not a new car. It's not a laptop. I know some of you are a little disappointed. It's nothing like that. But it's a gift that we all ask for on a regular basis. On a regular basis, we are asking for this gift from God. And it is the gift of God speaking to us. It's the gift of communication between the God of the universe who created everything and us. It's an amazing gift. And again, we don't instinctively kind of see that as a gift, but I want you to imagine with me for just a moment what it would be like to be in a relationship with someone who won't speak to you. Rarely, if ever. You're in this relationship, but they're not talking. Some of you don't have to imagine You know what that's like. And don't raise your hand. And don't point at the person, okay, that's doing that to you. Uh, Maybe you've got a family member like that. Or maybe you married someone like that. Maybe one of your kids is like that. You've got a friend like that. You never know um, who that could be. But there are many of us that find ourselves in relationships where that other person, they're just not talking. That can be a miserable experience. Be miserable to be in a relationship where you want nothing more than communication and you're not getting anything from them. And when Tammy and I were first married, we liked to butt heads because we are both prideful. 
I'll tell you now, she's not here. She's a little more prideful than I am. Just don't tell her. It's just our little secret, okay? We're both pretty prideful. And um, this upcoming Tuesday, we will be married 19 years, but early in our relationship. Thank you. Um, I know I look like I'm 19, but yes, I've been married 19 years. Uh, Early in our relationship, we would butt heads often. And our conflict resolution strategy was something that I called kill them with silence. So we'd butt heads and argue over something, and then we got to the point where we went, I'm done, and we would part ways. I'm not talking to you anymore. My new strategy is I'm just going to wear you out with my silence. We wouldn't talk for days, days. So day number one, kind of awkward. Day number two, kind of awkward. Day number three, come home from work, see each other, you know, come in, there she is in the kitchen. Still not talking to you. Awkward, painfully silent, painfully silent. I do not recommend that as a great marriage building strategy. I've tried it. It doesn't work, okay? So just so you know, it's not effective. And then after, I don't know, three, four days, we would forget what we were angry about and we'd start talking again. And we'd make up and we'd move forward until the next prideful moment came and we'd butt heads again and we'd pull out that strategy and that's how we navigated the early years of our marriage. It really saddens me today to watch people use that strategy. And I meet with people or I talk with them or I watch their relationship and I watch them pull that out and use that. It just, it grieves my heart and I can see it because I did it. So I watch it in them and I'm like, ah, don't use that. It won't lead anywhere good. You know, you may think it may be effective or a way to make your point, but it's not going to build your relationship. It's just going to tear it apart. And, And some of you know what it's like to be in a relationship like that, either of your choosing or somebody else's choice. You haven't spoke to, spoken to a significant person in your life maybe in years. I know folks that like, they haven't talked in years. Significant family member, friend, something. Something happened and you just kind of parted ways and you're just like, you know, we're just not talking. And I realize there are moments that that is appropriate. And this may sound a little bit weird, but if you're in an abusive situation, someone's being very abusive to you, sometimes the healthiest thing to do is to put a boundary there and go, you know what, time out. We can't be doing that. I can't interact with you as long as you're going to interact with me that way. But those are often rare situations. And outside of those situations, it's critically important for us to communicate, to talk back and forth, to listen, to speak, to share. It's an essential part of a relationship. If you don't have that, you don't really have a relationship. You don't have much that's holding that relationship together if we don't have communication, we don't have that gift. Now, for us to explore this gift from God today, I need to take you back on a journey. And I'm going to try to condense thousands of years of Bible down to about 15 minutes. So just hang with me. Parts might feel like um, a history class, but I think there'll be some application along the way. And some of, of this, these stories that we're going to look at, we have... Uh, looked at in recent messages, but there's little pieces that we haven't explored yet together. So some of it might sound familiar to you. But when God created the heavens and the earth, he simply spoke life into existence. Through his words, 
life burst on the scene. God did not spend hours and hours and hours at his drafting table, you know, drawing something up and, oh, that's not going to work. And uh, drawing something else up, oh, that's not going to work. God spoke and it worked and it was excellent and it was good and it was perfect in every way. Then God created Adam and Eve, the first humans, and he placed them in this garden, this place called the Garden of Eden, and it had everything they could have ever wanted or needed. God placed them there in the middle of that garden, and then God spoke to them. And Bible teaches he like walked with them and talked with them, and he taught them the best possible ways to live. It was this amazing love relationship between God and Adam and Eve and this amazing communication back and forth, direct communication with God himself. God continued to speak to humanity. He spoke to Adam and Eve's children. God spoke directly to a man named Noah. You you might be familiar with him. Uh, Noah built a boat called an ark. God asked him to do that for the preservation of humanity. And God spoke directly to a man named Abraham. God said some amazing things to Abraham that are still being played out today. As you watch the events going on all around the world, they can be drawn back to this promise that God made to Abraham. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those who bless you, and I'm going to curse those who curse you. I'm going to make you into a mighty nation. He took Abraham out and said, look at the stars. You can't even count them on. I'm going to make your descendants greater than that. Then God fulfilled that promise by moving Abraham's grandkids to Egypt so that they could prosper and multiply. Now, while in Egypt, Abraham's descendants became two million in number. So imagine, we've got Abraham and his wife and one child, and then generations later, we have two million great-great-great-grandkids of Abraham. God blessed Abraham's descendants. It was while in Egypt that these descendants became known as the Israelites, God's specially chosen people. Then after many years of prosperity, something tragic happened, something that we've looked at in this past series, they fell into slavery, slavery by the Egyptians. So the Egyptians put them in 400 years of slavery. And while in slavery, they cried out to God for help. And God answered by speaking to a man. He spoke to Moses and said, Moses, I want you to go help free the Israelites. And through some amazing events that can only be attributed to God and God alone, the Israelites were freed from 400 years of slavery. They walked out of Egypt with the wealth of Egypt. And then God said, I'm going to lead you myself. So God led them to a land called the promised land. And the Bible describes this land as flowing with milk and honey. So it was a land of great prosperity. And then God pulled off. They had a pit stop on their journey to the promised land. God stopped at a place called Mount Sinai. God said, listen, I want to talk to you directly. I want to teach you again how to live in a right relationship with me before we get to the promised land. So when you get there, you know how to interact with me. And listen to how that conversation is described in Exodus. And we looked at elements of this before. Exodus 19, starting in verse 16, says, on the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God. And they stood 
at the foot of the mountain. So they're about to, to hear from God directly. He's about to directly speak with the Israelites. Verse 18, all of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God thundered his reply. Now let's jump over to chapter 20, verse 18. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance trembling with fear. Now watch what they're about to do. Is they're about to significantly change the way that they would interact with God. Verse 19. And they, meaning the Israelites, said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. So the Israelites had this amazing gift, direct communication with God himself. And here they are at the the foot of this mountain. They're looking up at the mountain. God is speaking to them and they say to Moses, this is frightening. Don't have God speak to us anymore. You speak, and we'll listen to you, but we don't want to hear from God directly. One of the things that people wish for on a consistent basis is for God to speak to them. Say, so God, would you speak to me in a situation? Christ followers do it on a regular basis. God, would you speak? Would you show me what to do next? Would you guide me in this situation? People who aren't Christ followers at some point in their life often will pause and go, God, if you're real, would you just speak to me? I bet some folks in Connecticut are having conversations with God right now, very similar to that. So we all ask God to speak to us. How many of you would admit you would love it if God would show up right now and tell you what you should do in that situation you're facing? Okay, there's a number of us. And we all, at some point or another, whether you're in some situation right now or you will be in the future, we'd love it if God would just show up and sit down and say, let me tell you what I'm doing here or what I want you to do. Wouldn't it be great if God would show up today and say, listen, tomorrow I want you to play the lotto because I'm going to give you the winning numbers. Like, we're all listening to that, right? Absolutely. Give me the numbers. Great Christmas present. Or here's how I want you to handle that stressful situation at work. Tomorrow, will you go in and see your boss, walk in directly, say this. Your boss is going to think you're a genius, give you a promotion. Yeah, I want that. That's awesome. When you go to lunch with your coworkers this next week, don't eat the chicken. It's got salmonella. Encourage one of your coworkers to eat it. God wouldn't say that last part. We so often want God to speak to us. And yet there are moments I wonder, do we really? Do we really want to hear what God has to say? Sure, we want him to bless us. Sure, we want him to point us towards those good things in our lives. And, you know, if you're like me, I get into a bind I can't get out of. I got myself into it, but I'm not sure how to get out of it. And then I'm like, oh, God, please help. Like, if you're like that, then like, yeah, God, please, you know, speak to me. I'll do whatever you say. But I'm not totally convinced for me. And I'm not totally convinced for humanity that we really want to hear directly from God himself. Now, as a pastor, 
I watch this type of interaction, like what the Israelites said to God, I watch that happen far too often. I watch people come into a new relationship with God. I watch, you know, great things are happening. They open the door of their heart to Jesus and then like some really neat things happen in the world. Some, some problems that were there start going away. They start applying some things that they're learning in scripture and it's amazing. Life change is happening and they're benefiting from it and they love it. And then God speaks. God says, listen, there's another area of life I would like you and I to talk about. Uh, there's an area of trust that you're not trusting me with this area. So I'd like you to like, give this portion of your life over to me. I'd like you to trust me with this thing. And depending on whatever that thing is, people often go, like, no thanks, hold on, wait a minute, time out. Time out. God, I love it. I love your talking. You're speaking to me. It's great. I love it when you know, you're pointing me towards good things. But like, time out, wait a minute. That issue is not okay. That issue is off the table. I would rather you not speak to me about that. It's hard to watch people do that. It's hard to watch myself do that. Many occasions in my own life, I have done that. There have been many moments that I've said, God, you know what? You can speak to me about just about anything, but there's a few things I'd rather you not speak to me about. And as I was preparing for this message, I thought, God, which story do you want me to tell? They're like many. I have a lot to choose from. A lot of, of moments where I said, God, I don't want you to speak. And he brought my mind back to a, a scenario years ago, and it had to do with my money. And, you know, it's a hot topic for a lot of people. It was a hot topic for me. And so I would kind of made this deal with God. God, I'll do just about anything you want me to do in life. Just, like, leave money off the table. Just don't talk to me about how I handle money. Everything else I'll do, but that, like, that's just off limits, okay? Are we in agreement on that? God never, like, fulfilled that end of the bargain. I thought we had an agreement, but he, like, always talked to me about money. Like, you know, it felt like every time I went into church, they were talking about money. I'm like, okay, God, what in the world? I can't get away from this subject. So I would come in and hear a pastor talk about money, and I would do this. Not literally, but pretty much. Might as well. Like, I don't want to hear what you have to say about money. Like, I'm not ready for that conversation. So no, we're not talking about money. So I would ignore God in that scenario. And then God took my wife and I on a journey. For two years of our lives, he took us up to Virginia, and we had two little kids at the time. And he said, listen, on this journey, I want you to learn how to live with less money. And so for two years, we lived on less than $10,000 a year, two little kids, uh, our car payment at the time was like uh, $350, and what I brought home was about $700 a month. Like, I can't, still can't figure out the math. Like, I have no idea how we survived two years there. It was at our lowest point financially, God said, are you ready to talk about money? I think I am. I think we should talk about money. And so we started this conversation where, where God said, listen, it's not about money. It's about trust. You don't trust me. Like, you're right, God, I don't trust you. I don't trust you when it comes to money. I think I have a better plan than you do. God goes, listen, just start trusting me with your money and you'll go watch some really cool things happen. And I'm so glad that we did. I'm so glad my wife and I decided, you know, we're gonna trust God with what he says about money. It is something that has changed our lives, literally. It's changed me. It's changed how I think. It's changed how I view money. It has changed how I interact with other people around this subject of money. 
It's changed significantly my life. And I'm so grateful to God for that. But there was a big portion of my life, and I'm always kind of wondering now, God, where am I saying I don't want to hear from you? Like, what issue am I saying I don't want to hear from you? Where am I being like the Israelites? And maybe you can identify with that. Maybe there's an issue in your life that you're just saying, God, I don't want to hear about that subject for now. So the Israelites, they tell God, you know what? We don't want to hear directly from you. So they came up with this idea. God, you speak through a person called a prophet, someone who speaks on your behalf, and we'll listen to them. So you talk to them, and then they'll talk to us, and we'll do what you say. And they didn't do that. Consistently throughout the Bible, God would speak through a prophet, and they wouldn't listen. So we don't want to hear what the prophet has to say. Because, you know, prophets speaking on God's behalf, we don't want to hear what you, God, have to say. And then between the Old Testament part of the Bible, which is the part of the Bible written before the life of Jesus, and then the New Testament part of the Bible, which records the life of Jesus and beyond, in that time frame, between those two segments, between those two sections of the Bible, was 400 years of silence from God. So we've got God speaking directly with humanity and teaching them the best possible ways to live, speaking with Adam and Eve's children, speaking again and again and again, getting to the nation of Israel, expanding who all he speaks to. And the nation of Israel says, no, we don't want to hear from you. And then it appears like from that moment to between the Old Testament and the New Testament, direct communication from God decreased. So we've got 400 years of painful, Silence. God not speaking. So I told Tammy, that's where I got my marriage strategy. It was from God, so it's a good thing. Another bad joke. So after 400 years of painful silence where humanity didn't hear from God, God broke that silence in the most profound way. He spoke through the birth of his son, Jesus. The angels of heaven appeared and announced to the world, I bring you good news. The silence is broken. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. We're going to look at the gift of Jesus next week. But Jesus came to break the silence between us and God. Jesus came to show us again how to have direct communication with God himself. Hebrews chapter 1 says, Long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, and now in these final days... He has spoken to us through his son. If you know much about Jesus, you know that he didn't live very long on this earth. He was only here about 33 years. And then he went back to heaven. Before he died, he gathered his disciples together, his closest followers, and said, listen, I'm about to leave. I'm about to to die. I'm going to go away. But I'm going to come back one day. I'm going to get you. But don't freak out. Don't panic. I'm going to leave you with a gift. That gift is a gift of peace that we talked about last week. And Jesus also said, I'm going to send God the Holy Spirit to come here. It's 
I'm going to go away. God, the Holy Spirit is going to come. It's going to be a really good thing when the Holy Spirit comes. Holy Spirit's going to speak to you in some profound ways. In John 14, 26, Jesus said, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, this is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So today, our direct communication with God is back. God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit guides us in truth, points us towards Jesus, teaches us the best possible ways to live, convicts us of when we do things that hurt our relationship with God. Holy Spirit uses the Bible, God's thoughts captured in print for us to guide us in how to live in that right relationship. So our gift of direct communication with God is back. But sadly, we can ignore what the Holy Spirit has to say. The Bible teaches that we can quench the Spirit. We can actually say, like the Israelites did, God, I don't want you speaking to me about that subject. You know, you can speak about all these great things, but I don't want you talking about this specific thing. This specific thing is off limits. So my question for all of us is, what are we going to do with this gift this Christmas season? What are we going to do with the gift of communication from our great God, direct communication? Are we going to respond to it? Or are we going to say, I don't really want you to speak to me? Now, in a group this size between our first service and our second service, I know that there can be many conversations going on right now. God can be speaking many different things to to many different people on different subjects. One of those conversations for a few people might be God saying, you know what, you've never trusted me with your heart. You've never put Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. In this Christmas season, I want you to do that. Will you respond to that? What will you do with God speaking directly to you? To other people, God might be saying, you know, about that relationship that's broken, you haven't spoken to that person in years. I want you to go and speak. I want you to break the silence. I want you to go to do everything you can to make that right. Call them, write them, go visit them. Just go talk to them and break that silence. To others, God might be saying, you know what, you work so hard to be in a relationship with me. You think being in a relationship with me is about all these things that you can check off a box, you know, that you're, you're, you're good enough. But it's not about you being good enough. It's about my grace. You're not saved by the good things that you do. You're saved by my grace. So this Christmas season, God might be saying to a few of you, you just need to like fall back into my grace and experience it. It's not about you doing. It's about you being So experience my grace. To others, God might be saying, you know, this Christmas season, I want you to be still and know that I am God. Don't get wrapped up in the commercialism of Christmas. Just be still and know that I am God. What's God speaking to you about? What thing is he whispering to you about? What thing is he directly talking to your heart about? And what will you do with it? Christmas is about God breaking the silence. 
sending the greatest gift that we could ever receive, Jesus, and communicating directly to us in the most profound way. God is speaking. What will you do this Christmas season? Will you respond? Will you listen? Will you do whatever God asks? Or will you be like the Israelites and say, God, I don't want to hear what you have to say on that subject. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for the amazing gifts that you give us. Lord, there's so many gifts that you've given us. Lord, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface on the many gifts that you give us on a regular basis. The gift of life and grace and mercy and forgiveness and truth and your word and salvation and eternity. Lord, there's so many things. And this gift of you speaking to us, God, it's, again, it's something we don't naturally put in the gift category, and yet without it, we struggle. And we ask for it on a regular basis. God, would you speak to us? God, that's what you do. All throughout Scripture, we watch you speaking. You're a God who loves to talk to us. You want to teach us the best possible ways to live. And so, God, you're speaking the issue most often is not with you speaking, it's with us listening, with us hearing what you want us to do. So Lord, I pray that as you speak to us, we would hear and we would respond and we would or just dig deep within us to do what you've asked us to do, to become who you are asking us to become, to trust you with whatever that thing is that we don't trust you with, or that we would really trust you, that you are God, and you love us, and you have our best in mind. So Lord, that we would listen to you this Christmas season thank you for the gift of communication. And we look forward next week to exploring the gift of Jesus, you in the flesh, here to communicate directly with us. God, thank you for breaking the silence. Thank you for speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. great that we have a God who just comes after us, who loves to give us uh, these great gifts, gifts of peace, uh, gifts of just speaking to our hearts when we come to him. So it's just exciting to see what he does in our lives. Uh, go ahead and have a seat for a moment. Uh, I just have a few announcements. My name is Tim Jones, and we're so glad that you're here with us today. I uh, just want to let you know a few things that are going around here at Epic, and um, next week we'll be wrapping up this series, uh, Gifts from God, and we're going to be focusing on God's greatest gift, which is His Son. You won't want to miss out on that. And also, next week we are doing things a little bit differently. We're actually going to be having a family-style Christmas service or services, um, and so we won't be having our kids' areas. Instead, everyone will be out here together, and we'll be having a lot of fun together, and it'll be a great service that you won't want to miss out on as well. 
And then also in your seats, uh, you have an invite card uh, that we would love for you to invite your friends, your families. Next service would be a great service for them to come and check out Epic and check out God. And so uh, if you have somebody in mind, uh, take one of those cards. There's more cards at the Connection Center if you need them. Um, but we'd love for you to pass those out and invite your friends and family to that as well. And then also... Um, if you could, if you are a regular Epic and you could go to the 915 service next week, that would be awesome just to kind of help us as there will be a little bit more than usual here at Epic next week. And then on December 30th, uh, if you come, nobody's going to be here, okay? Um, so basically, December 30th, we are not having services. Uh, we do that to, because we want you to enjoy your time with your family. We want our volunteers to honor them and give them a break and be able to have them enjoy the holidays as well. And so uh, December 30th, we will not be having services. We will pick back up on January 6th um, at that point. And then also... We just want to thank you guys so much. Um, we had the Christmas tree, the epic Christmas tree, where we had about 176 cards, and you guys took every single one of those cards, and you came back with all the gifts, and here's what you did. Uh, here's your amazing generosity. We were able to help 15 families, uh, nine children, the Alpha Pregnancy Center. Uh, you gave over $1,500 in gift cards, almost 1,400 diapers, as well as lots of clothes, toys, games, baby wipes, and more. And so just thank you guys so much. Let's just celebrate. Yeah. You guys did an amazing job. And you do that all the time. And we just want to thank you so much for what you do in giving of your time and giving of your abilities and giving your resources and the impact that you have upon other people's lives and especially in our community. And when you give on a regular basis, it's amazing what God does in our lives, but also in the lives that are around us. If it wasn't for you, uh, this place wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for your giving, the things that's going on back there in Epic Kids where my children are always excited about coming to church and like, where are we going to learn and everything? And my little daughter back there saying, I can't wait to go and celebrate Jesus' birthday today. And so it's just been exciting to see what happens in their lives, in the lives of the community. You know that. You know the lives there, um, the life change that you've experienced as you've connected with God. And uh, it's amazing what happens when we come together and we give. And so if you call Epic your home, and the reason we say this each week is it does make a difference. It makes a difference in people's lives. And so if you call Epic your home, you can give two ways. Uh, you can give at the boxes at the end of the rows and also online as well and be a part of what God is doing in us and in our community as well. And then also, um, we mentioned this a little bit, but coming up in January, we are going to be having our applications due for the mission trip. So it's not a question of if you should go, you should go. And so as we say, um, count yourself going. And so all the information is online at this point about our mission trips. We're going to have two trips to Guatemala and one trip to Costa Rica. And so we're increasing our trips from two to three. And it's going to be some amazing things that will happen as the year progresses and we get into those trips and everything. So if you would, check out the website, download an application, start to fill it out, pray about it. Well, don't pray about it. You're going. Uh, but go ahead and do that. Um, and then we'll give you more information 
as things come about uh, in January as well. And then finally, um, if you are new to Epic and you want more information, you've been wondering, okay, what all kind of happens around here and everything, if you wouldn't mind stopping by the Connection Center, talking to some people, getting some great information about Epic, uh, they can help you back there as well. And again, uh, thank you so much for being here today, and we will see you next week. Enjoy the rest of your day, and say hi to somebody as you go out.